And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's going on, guys? Zach here, and welcome to another episode of MLM Rebels. Wanted to spend a few minutes with you guys here today. I'm coming to you from Kuta, Bali. So, some of the last episodes, we've been in uh, Bali, then we went to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and then we actually came back to Bali just a few days ago. So, we wanted to do some surfing. Um, so, when we were in Bali about a month and a half ago, we went surfing one time and realized that we really, really loved it. And we're actually really sad that we didn't uh, have more time to surf. So we went to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and then decided to come back to Bali for a few weeks and stay right near the beach um, for the sole purpose of learning how to surf. Um, So we've got a bunch of lessons booked, and then we go out, not every morning, but we've been going out almost every morning to practice so far, and uh, it's been been a ton of fun. Um, our, uh, Our first lesson was actually really good. We both did kind of well. Second lesson was uh, good, but it was it was quite a bit harder. We had a lot less physical hands-on instruction from the instructor, meaning he like stood back on the shore and then would like just kind of tell us like when to stand up and when to paddle and all those things. And then we went out to practice a few times by ourselves with obviously no instructor, and those were the hardest. The first one was horrible for both Ashley and I. The second time we went, it was much better for me, but Ashley had a, had a bit of trouble still. Um, and we were asking the coach, like, hey, why are we having so much trouble? Like, are the waves bigger? He's like, well, yeah, the waves are bigger, but he's like, it's actually more so um, you guys don't have an instructor. So with your instructor, you always knew when to stand up because he was yelling at you. But right now, like, now you need to know, like, when do you paddle harder? When do you save your strength? And when do you actually stand up on the wave? And, uh, and it was actually, <laughs> and so that right there was causing us to have a lot of trouble because we, we were having to like think for ourselves and um, it's been pretty interesting. So we're going back tomorrow. We went back for a few practice sessions. Like I said, we're going back tomorrow for our third uh, lesson and, um, and uh, going to actually go out and catch some green waves. So if you're familiar with surfing, that's when you go out further and you catch some of the, some of the bigger waves. Um, and so lately we've been just doing the white waves, which are closer to the shore. They're smaller. They're generally easier um, from what we understand. And so that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, today we are at a co-working spot. So we've been working from cafes the past few days and the the Wi-Fi in Bali is completely unreliable and we actually needed to do some pretty important uh, business items. So meaning I we have a 
new version of the MLM Rebels webinar. And so we redo it every single week. But when we're in Bali, we knew that there would be uh, like there would just be a little bit of a trouble with like doing any sort of like streaming. Um, So what we do in that case is we basically record the webinar, then we upload it so that we don't have any like, you know, mid (laughs) mid webinar mishaps because that's a big, big problem if that were to happen. So you, we could literally be in Bali and like out of nowhere, the webinar, or excuse me, the, uh, the Wi-Fi could go out. So we uh, updated the webinar and stuff and then we needed to upload it into the webinar platform so that while we're in Bali, uh, you know, there's no like, you know, there's no streaming issues or anything like that. So um, the webinar will actually pull from the server inside of the webinar platform rather than stream like from our location, which uh, could, you know, like I said, be a big problem. So we're at a co-working spot here today, and um, that's what we're uh, doing out here, which is cool, and the Wi-Fi is incredible. I was talking with the owner, and they have dedicated dedicated lines that run to the actual co-working spot, um, which is uh, <laughs> which is awesome. So I think they paid a fortune for it. But um, uh, anyway, wanted to chat with you about some of the uh, stuff we're doing today. So we're actually also running a... Uh, we're gonna we're going to be running a new offer soon, which will be uh, fun. So the offer is going to be I can't well, I can't really tell you. I'm really excited about it, but I can't actually tell you what it is yet. Um, we're basically running a new test offer. Um, it has to do with rebels. Has to do with a lot of stuff that we teach, but it's gonna have some changes in it, and it's just gonna be a test. So only we're gonna be running it. Our team's not gonna be running it for a while. We're just gonna be running it and seeing how it does, seeing how it works. Um, so I can't I can't say much, but I'm really excited about it. I just got uh, done writing a bunch of the sales letters, so I'm like it's it's on my mind right now and uh, one of the things that we uh, have been writing and doing and things like that is we've been teaching some of our, our, our coaching students that aren't a part of Rebels, they're part of our society program, which the society program is a uh, coaching program for those that want to do the type of recruiting that we do. So like online leveraged automated recruiting, but they don't necessarily want to build like our team, right? So we're in RX and we want to, uh, if they don't want to build RX, they want to build their own company. That's cool. We offer them uh, coaching as part of the society. So it's a much higher ticket, um, but people like to take advantage of that. And so the the first thing that we typically have them do is um, uh, run a we call it leveraged recruiting, okay? And so essentially what we do is we help them get a ton of of phone numbers and uh, people to call about their business for like pennies on the dollar, like literal pennies. So to give you an idea, we had a uh, uh, one of these campaigns run and it produced... um, Actually, well, I'll tell you an example of the, of, of the last student that we had that ran this campaign. He had 218 U.S. phone numbers to call in 12 hours and um, $200 of ad spend, which is literally unheard of. Like, if you think about, like, traditional advertising, I mean, or, like, social media advertising, it'll cost you, you know, uh, between $5 if you're really good all the way up to $10, $15, 20 bucks, uh, or more to get a phone number to call about uh, anything, any type of business. Um, and so we have been uh, using this particular strategy to help our society clients get some like really, really, really immense amount of people to talk to about their business. And uh, it's been really, really cool. So essentially what happens is we uh, pay influencers on social platforms to shout out um, our like members 
uh, opportunity. Okay, so we go find an influencer out there on social media somewhere, and we um, essentially have uh, we have well we have a huge Excel document of people that we know their pricing, we know exactly what they charge, um, we know all this stuff about them, and we know that the opportunity is going to take well. We basically pay these people, and they then take that money and they create a post. And they uh, uh, they they uh, they create a post and they and they post it on their you know on their page on whatever platform that they're on. They post it on their page and they basically direct people to our clients' opportunity page that we help them develop. And it, that page captures uh, tells them about a little bit of, about the opportunity and then captures their name and their email and their phone number and then that dumps them into an application funnel and then. You know, our clients can then call those people about the opportunity. Here's what's really, really cool. I told you the last uh, person that ran this campaign just about a week ago or so um, did 200, had 218 U.S. phone numbers come to him in a matter of 12 hours, and uh, he actually had about 400 phone numbers come to him. But you know, we, he he only builds his business in the United States right now, so 218 U.S. phone numbers for about 200 bucks. That's less than a dollar per person to call about the business. And these people like want more information. This is not like random cold contact and this isn't cold calling. It's none of that crap. It's like they want more information about the business that you're in and they're telling you to call them and you can generate this type of stuff for literally a couple bucks a pop. This guy was under a dollar a pop for a US uh, phone number. Nuts. Absolutely crazy. And um, what's really, really cool if you do the math on that. Okay, so I spent the first six years of my MLM career, actually more than, well, yeah, around six years, um, cold contacting people at gas stations and Targets and Walmarts and things to get, you know, uh, to get exposure for my business. Like, that's what I was told to do, so that's what I did. So every night after work, I would contact five to 15 people every single night. I'd go to gas stations, Targets, Walmarts, talk, start up random, random conversations with people and shake their hands and eventually tell them to, you know, about my business, right? And... I was like one of the hardest working people that I like had ever heard of in that industry in that way. Um, not, and that, that's not good, by the way. I'm not telling you that like, hey, look at how cool I am. I'm saying like, <laughs> I I did what I was told, and I know what it takes to get people interested in your business if you're doing things old school. That's the only reason I say that. And I did that for a long, long time. Okay, so if you do those crunch those numbers down, let's say I contacted on average ten people a night, five days a week for let's call it five years. Um, that is uh, 10 people a week. That's 40 a month. That's 480 a year, right? So let's divide that in half for the purposes of this illustration. That means that it took me six months and I would contact, I would have uh, 240 people to call about my business over the course of six months. To get those uh, numbers, it would take me uh, four hours a night, okay? So that's 20 hours a week of labor. It took me four hours a night. That's every night from 5.30 to 9.30, by the way, in case you're wondering. 5.30 to 9.30 every single night, every weekday, I'd go out to these places and meet people. Uh, so it took me that, much, that amount of time. So 20 hours a week, that's 80 hours a month. 80 times 6 is, 8 times 6, I don't even know, 480? Is that right? So 480 hours. So I took 480 hours worth of labor. Um, it took me about $10 a day in gas to do this. So that's 10 bucks a day times five days a week. It's 50 a week, 200 a month. Uh, 200 a month, that's $1,200 minimum. So it took me uh, at least $1,200 investment of money. Is that right? Uh, five days a week, $50 a week, $200 a month. Yeah, okay. So $200 a month times six, $1,200. So $1,200 invested, uh, 480 hours invested. I got rejected by 
eight people a day, if we're using this example, eight people a day times 40, that's 40 rejections a week. That's uh, four times four. That's 160 people telling me no to my face every single month. 160 times six, I don't know what that is, but that's like 900 or 1,000 rejections. So I'd like 900 or 1,000 rejections, $1,200 invested, um, and 400 hours worth of labor, 480 hours worth of labor for what? For 200 something phone numbers to call about my business. Contrast that to what I just explained with the leverage recruiting. 12 hours invested, $200 invested, and have 218 US phone numbers to call. Basically the same results, except for it took me 12 hours, way less money and way less time, and people are coming to me rather than me stalking them at gas stations. Like, are you kidding me? Holy crap, what is better than that? That's what we're talking about with MLM Rebels. That's the minds of, of MLM Rebels. It's not to rebel against people, not to rebel against anything like that. It's not rebelling against humans. It's rebelling against the crap that people bake into our minds to tell us that it has to be one way. That's absolute garbage. It doesn't have to be one way. It has to be the way that works. See, the key to success in this industry it's having a desired company that people want to be a part of. That was one of my mistakes. The second mistake that I made, the second rule, is to have a leveraged way to market your company. If you don't have either of those things, it's going to fail. <clears throat> if you don't have both of those things, it's really going to fail. I had neither of those things. For a long time, I did not have a leveraged way to market it, right? I was going to gas stations, targets, and Walmarts, like I said, to build my business, to- stocking friends and family. That's, a nut- that's an unleveraged, unscalable way to market. The second thing was I did not have a company that people wanted to be a part of. When I said the company name that I was a part of, people hated it. They thought it was a scam. They thought it was bad. Not because of what I did, because of what people did before me. So I needed to change and I needed to have a leveraged way to market my stuff. If you, leveraged, if you have a leveraged way to market something people don't want, you're not going to go anywhere. If you have an unleveraged way to market something people want, it's going to probably go somewhere, but it's going to go slow. Okay, so you need to have both. So what I'm advocating is number one, take the time to really analyze with with investor-like tenacity. So if you think about think think about a investment that you make, you're looking at that investment from what can go wrong here, what's bad, right? You're not thinking positively necessarily; you're thinking analytically. I want you to look at your company that you're a part of and be as analytical as humanly possible and think about. Like, be willing to, to, to cut the losses, right? If, you're, if the company that you're part of, every time you bring up the name, something bad happens with your prospect conversation, dude, like, get out. I'm not, I'm not saying you to join our company. I'm just telling you to find one that works, right? The second thing you need to do is stop doing unleveraged things because not only are you wasting your time, but you're creating an opportunity that people don't want. See, when you combine one and two, when you combine the company that you're part of and, and the way that you market it, that creates your opportunity. And if both of those things are in line, people want to join your opportunity because they want to join something that works, right? And if they're willing to join it and duplicate it, that's how it grows. Now, if you try to duplicate something that people don't want to do, guess what? It's not going to duplicate. The very thing that you're trying to duplicate implodes on itself and it won't grow. So you need to make sure these are both in line. If they are both in line, by default, it will grow because people get results. And if they have results, they'll naturally do what got them results. And people will follow that because it got results, right? It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. But so often we don't look at it that way because we are romanticizing about what it could be. It's not what it could be, it's what it is, right? And so I think that's something that we need to learn from outside of our industry. We need to learn from, you know, like, think about think about an investor, like I said. They look at things analytically. They think about 
what can go wrong and what are things as they are now, not what could they could be. If you want to make, for instance, uh, a really good deal in real estate investing. If you want to make a really good deal in real estate investing, you're looking at a 30-unit complex, let's say. You don't, you don't buy the property based on what it could be. So let's say there's 30 units and there's only 10 of them rented out. Obviously, it's unprofitable. But what if all 30 were rented out? This thing would be mega profitable. But there's a reason that all 30 aren't rented out. Why are, not, why are they not rented out? If you purchase that property based on the hope that you can rent out all 30, that's a recipe for disaster, right? You know that as well as I do. You should, you should buy it based on what is already, already currently cash flowing and what's the previous performance of that property, right? Think about your business that, analy- that analytically, right? If you do that, you will mitigate your risk you will cause yourself to experience way less pain. To this day, I still look at those first six years in my business uh, very painfully. Um, it taught us a lot of lessons. In fact, we spent more than six years in that business, by the way. It just took me six years to actually start ungluing some of the stuff in my head, start unraveling some of this stuff. But I still look at those initial years as I'm still, honestly, I'm still pretty PO'd about them. Um, we. MLM Rebels is born from those first six years, okay? The reason this exists, the reason I'm talking to you today is because of that. So there is some good that came out of it, right? We are traveling the world because of those first six years, but those first years, six years gave me a lot of pain that I honestly, I, I never want to experience that again. Um, I never want any of you to experience that if you don't have to. Um, I honestly don't even know if I'd go through that again at this point in time. I'm sure when I'm older and I'm looking back at my life, I'll look back and I'll be able to connect the dots more uh, thoroughly with a better frame of mind. I'll be, like, be able to be like, oh my gosh, yes, those six years brought me here today. Um, but truthfully, I can't tell you that right now. Like, There is a part of me that's saying, you know what, it is a good thing because those first six years made me who I am today. They brought me to where I'm at today. They created Rebels. They created the person in me and in Ashley that needed to create Rebels. They, be, they, they helped me become a good copywriter, those years of home meetings, those years of speaking on stage, those years, all those years of telling stories, trying to captivate people one-on-one in Starbucks and in stage and hotel meetings, those boiled down, helped me become a copywriter that could persuade and influence people using a, a leverageable platform that helped me become who I am today, but I still have a hard time looking at it like that sometimes. So I want you to avoid that pain. I don't want you to go through that and I don't want you to regret your time. So be analytical. Be willing to cut your losses and move to something that works. Well, anyway, it was amazing spending time with all of you today and um, appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you all soon and see you in the next episode. Thanks. Thanks.